Hello and welcome back to the Fourth and Forever podcast with me, Stuart Bothwell, and my esteemed colleague Darren Butter. How's it going, Darren? It's good, Stuart. How are you? Uh, you know I'm good. Uh, I always am. Even after that debacle that we just witnessed. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll get into talking about that because despite the fact that I'm not particularly happy with my team, you're not particularly happy with your team, spoiler alert, uh, we still had 16 games of NFL football and it does feel so good to be back. It uh, does, it does. It's good to actually be talking about the action rather than the... Then, then yeah, the conjecture and stuff as we said nonsense. before. And like we we both did very well in our uh, fantasy leagues as well, but still lost, of course. Uh, Sod's law. Um, but and, and we're upset by these things. But like I say, football's back. We're just happy about that. Yes. And we're ready to just get in and talk about it. Yeah, you know, the first rule of fantasy is that no one gives a shit about your fantasy team. Sure. Yeah, I know. So we're not going to talk about that on the podcast. Of, of course, yeah, yeah. But get get out, get out of the way. If I was going to. Have things to say uh, <laughs> about certain bust players somehow winning games against me. I am not anyway. Carry on. It happens. Yeah. So I thought we were going to be talking about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess so. What we're just going to try and do today is just jump into a, a brief uh, catch up of all of this week's games. Whether or not we're going to manage to do that in the limited amount of time we've got <laughs> is uh, debatable because it's 20 past nine here in the evening uh, New Zealand time. But um, I guess we're just wasting more and more time as we go through this. So you ready to go? Yes, I'm ready. Sweet as. So yeah, we'll kick things off with the game that we just watched. And that was the Denver Broncos versus the Oakland Raiders. So obviously I had a lot invested in this game and I was sorely disappointed by what I saw. Um in in, t- in terms of like statistics and stuff like that, like both teams are pretty evenly matched when it came down to it, but the Raiders just seemed to get these first downs where they mattered, and it it just seemed to be always on their side. Well, this game was won in the lines of scrimmage. Mm. Um, the amount of time that Derek Carr had to throw that ball, and pick out screen passes and dink and dunk rather than what Flacco... I don't even know, really know what the game plan for the Broncos was. Was it to hit Sanders and Sutton long or was it to... It just didn't seem like they had a certain goal they were trying to achieve. Once Lindsay was swallowed up, they moved to Freeman, but they kept trying to go wide with Freeman mm. when they might not have needed to. And they didn't really seem to trust Freeman through the lines. And it just meant that Flacco had to make difficult throws and his um, offensive line was not giving him enough time to, to do that. And even when he got enough time, it didn't look like he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, Flacco had a couple of big plays to likes of Manuel Sanders and uh, Cortland Sutton had a really good game with uh, seven receptions for a buck 20. But, like, yeah, it was, um, like, like you say, in, in the trenches is where it was won and lost. And... The amount of space that Flacco seemed to have in the pocket just seemed to be minimal. Minimal. Yeah, he, he didn't didn't have when, this when time you're to chasing the game. These big plays, you'd have to be a pretty bad quarterback not to make a couple of big plays when you're chasing the game. Yeah, we'll get into other people not making plays later on. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was Oakland's day. This looked like a coming out party for them. They looked a lot more amped for it than Denver did, and. 
they kind of ran them over in the first quarter. And I don't know where you go from there. You've only got the Bears next week, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... um, it is in theatres on Friday. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing coming into this one for me was that I was expecting something from Vic Fangio with this defence. Not a single sack registered against Derek Carr. Only two tackles for a loss. Um, Carr was really, really under pressure. Like you say, it was all dink and dunk. Carr only had four incompletions through this game. It's brilliant. It's brilliant for him. It was, it was just superb efficiency in terms of what they needed to do. Uh, also, Josh Jacobs, that was his uh, arrival in the NFL. Uh, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, 23 carries for 85 yards. And Tyrell Williams, another new addition there. Like Just... For, like somehow, despite the fact that all this AB drama's been going on, they just seem to... It's good pickups. Pick yeah. Picked up some good players. Um, you know, they've now got Josh Jacobs under contract for the next five years. I, He seems like a franchise player, just off of that show tonight. The gaps he was hitting, the decisions he was making... Carcel's a football player. <laughs> a football player. Uh, like J- Jacobs, he got the two touchdowns, and that obviously looks great. Uh, he only had a three point seven yards per carry average, though, uh, and some of these were on like some some bigger hitting plays. But he was making the plays where they counted, and uh, he, like he was getting himself well. He, he got himself involved in the pa- passing game only once. But you know fine well that's going to happen more going forward. I think that the Broncos linebackers probably managed to keep him covered in those sorts of scenarios. But um, yeah, all in all, good day for Oakland, bad day for Denver. Um, I think we both got this one wrong, didn't we, in our predictions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair to say. Fair just to say. agree with you to make you feel better. Yeah, thanks man, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll move on to a game which we both enjoyed far more than that. And that was uh, the... Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. Wow, that was uh, breathless. That's what we've been waiting for, sure. <laughs> yeah, as the Houston Texans uh, ended up falling to the New Orleans Saints 28-30 after the, the Texans had taken the lead quite early. Saints managed to push them back, take the lead in the fourth quarter, only for the Texans to be given 50 seconds to drive down the field. They did so... In two plays. When that happened, what did I say? <laughs> That's more than enough time for Drew Brees to come out and do something. It's Brees, Brady and Rogers. You can't leave them in that much time. No, it's just... The, the, the way that it worked out was just uh, perfect. It was one of these fabled scenarios which just worked out so perfectly for them. Uh, the Saints end up winning it on uh, a last gasp 58-yard field goal from Will Lutz. Um, as time funny. expired for twenty eight thirty, um, and like it, it was, it was a really good just back and forth game. It started off a little bit slow for the Saints, um, uh, but then obviously Deshaun Watson ended up coming up big with uh, three touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. But um, you just can't get out of the Saints and Alvin Kamara in this game, man, he was something special. He's the difference, um, you know, Carlos Hyde and 
Duke yeah. Johnson. Duke Johnson, they can make plays. Duke Johnson's a bit more like Elvin Kamara than Carlos Hyder's, but that talent level, you can really see the difference. Mm. Um, Alvin Kamara's in nearly every play. Every play that's over three yards out from the line is seems to be Kamara. He's 13 carries, 97 yards, 7.2 yards average. Like It's it's impressive. And on top of that, you then got another 70-odd yards through, through the air. Yeah. Uh, and the... Like the Saints actually managed to spread the ball around quite a bit as well. Mike, Michael Thomas ended up with ten receptions for 123 yards. Ten, Ted Ginn ended up coming up big in the fourth quarter uh, for for a hundred of his own. Um, Ted Ginn's always been that kind of player, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're looking for the long ball over the top, he's he's usually Drew Brees' man. But Michael Thomas in the red zone, mm. it's scary. He's he's such a player. Yeah. Speaking of like players who are dangerous in the red zone, uh, we had a bit of an interesting time watching DeAndre Hopkins tonight. Yeah. Because, of course, uh, I was telling Jake, my flatmate, who was sitting watching it with us, uh, that, oh, see this guy, DeAndre Hopkins. It's amazing last season. Didn't drop a single pass. I'm fairly certain we saw three drops in the first half. Four overall. We yeah. A few. They kept hitting him in the groin. And the, ah, my groin! And, and the thigh. And he just wasn't getting his... He wasn't... Surviving the ground. He looked slightly off kilter today, I think. So Certainly he, early on. He, he did enough for certain things. Yeah, um, to include knocking me out of my fantasy league. Don't talk about know, fantasy, Dan. It's boring. Watching it through that <laughs> lens, unfortunately. But um, he came up big in the big in the red zone. Yeah, two touchdowns uh, on eight receptions for 111 yards. Statistically, looks like a pretty good game. Uh, also, a little bit of credit to Will Fuller, who, although he only had two receptions for 69 yards, they were two big receptions. Oh, the catch in, in the first oh, quarter. First quarter, off of the defender's back, was like absolutely beautiful. Strongly recommend going back and checking that one out. Uh, big ball over the top, probably, about, probably spent about 50 yards in the air. Fuller reaches around the back of the defender and catches it one-handed. Absolutely glorious. Um, but you have to feel for someone like Deshaun Watson in this one who uh, seemed to be pulled off the impossible with just 50 seconds left. And then apparently 34 seconds or whatever it is is just too much time to give someone like Hall of Famer Drew Brees. And he will be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And it's for plays like the one he made you know, to get it into two seconds left. Get the timeout. Reserve the timeout. Mm. We've seen it with other teams this weekend that misuse their timeouts. Misuse the timeouts and just not, even in this game. Mm. They use two timeouts, Texans use two timeouts to do a challenge. Oh, like you just can't. can't. And then they lost the challenge. You cannot do these things if you want to win in the Superdome. Especially when it comes down to that amount of time left. You know, it's. Mm. In the end, the Texans had an opportunity here to, to take a win on the road. Next week, they go to... They're away at the the Jags. Could mm. be a win, too. Well, they, put, they should win against the Jags, but... Oh, this league is tight. It's a tight margins. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what sort of Jaguars team they're going to be facing there, but we'll get on to that a little bit later. Uh, before we move on, just real quickly, shout out to the New Orleans Saints defense who came out with six sacks today. 
So obviously not so good for that um, Texans offensive line, who for the most part weren't as bad as we perhaps expected. But you know, six sacks still speaks for itself, including a bit of a a, a bit of a big one from Laramie Tunsil late on in the game. Obviously, Watson was good enough to still come back from it, but um, yeah, we've got to keep an eye on that one, I think. Okay. And uh, moving on from there, and we have the first game of the season was the Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears. Yeah, that was a bit more boring, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really? a bit of a challenge to watch at times. Um, uh, New Zealand wasn't having the best luck playing that game. <laughs> and then when it finally was on, there was literally one minute and five seconds of magic on an offensive standpoint in the whole game. Mm. And... That's what won it in the end, and that's why Aaron Rodgers has paid the big bucks. And um, did notice that Matt Lafleur came out and mentioned, like, yeah, see that touchdown? That was all Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So how long do you reckon it's going to be before Rodgers comes out and says, well, if that was all me, how about you just let me call all the plays? Like, you don't like you can just sit there and look pretty and young, Mister Lafleur, whilst I call all the plays. Because I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I've got an awesome mustache. I do. Wonder though, because the in the the forty seven yard pass that got them into scoring, which is literally the only time in the whole game they really got there, was through all the misdirection. Mm-hmm. They had two players, one jet sweep, one running back, and then the pretend handoff, and then they both blocked, and he was literally left with like six seconds to make a throw. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know if you people need to see this. He, like, duped the whole team. He had his hips facing to the left-hand side of the field. He had his head facing to the left-hand side. <laughs> and then somehow he let the ball go right to Valdez. Scantling. Scantling. On a 47-yard completion, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it was just... He, do, was he does things that most humans shouldn't be able to do. And he did so against a defense that looks very good still. Yeah. Uh, so the Chicago Bears uh, defense doesn't look like Chuck it's missed. Chicago's no scrub. Yeah, he, he, he's got yeah. the the talent there to make something work. Absolutely. And um, um, what about the the um, Vikings uh, quarterback? Oh, not the Vikings. Where are we at? What game are we on? Chicago Bears Chicago, and Green Bay yeah. Packers. Oh, yeah. You mean Chicago quarterback Mitch Trubisky? Yeah. Well, how how look... did you feel about him? Is it time to to blow it up or? No, um, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they've invested too much in Trubisky. He still shows flashes, and in this game, he did still show flashes. You need to but run him more. They put the ball in his hands forty-five times in this to, game. You need to run him. Uh, well, but like also, you need to have something happen in your backfield because none of their running backs were doing anything. The, the like most yards by any of their backs was nineteen yards by Mike Davis and five carries. Mike Davis isn't really, you know blockbuster David Montgomery was supposed to be the guy and he showed flashes yeah, but he, he was he bouncing was between six or seven players you know mm. in the box he wasn't getting outside and going for a run he was kind of stepping past people it looked good but he didn't have that kind of instantaneousness to him that Barkley had where Barkley was bouncing in and out of the box but he was getting out of the box whereas Montgomery seems like he has that wherewithal like the knowledge to get by players he just wasn't breaking free at all I don't think I would doubt any of his runs went for more than like seven yards he was yeah. couldn't get out of the box and that's what Strabitsky meant to do if they can 
hold the run up, then he's going to have to throw it and you put him in a difficult position. Yeah, I think um, in terms of the way that Green Bay came out, uh, Mike Patton's defence looked excellent. I, I was very impressed by both defences in this game. But you have to be in a game that finishes 10-3, of course. Um, it, yeah, it was it was impressive on, on both sides. But um, when, it, when it comes down to it, it, it's just players like Aaron Rodgers that make that difference. But in this game, if this was last season, Green Bay would have lost this because Rodgers would have had to put his game on his back. He didn't have to. Because the defense, because the defense was that good, made a few plays. but that one play that he made for the touchdown was the difference. So uh, just uh, he was scrambling about a little bit, uh, directs Jimmy Graham a little bit, and says, "Right here we go, like just <laughs> hit me there, hit me there." Jimmy Graham catches the ball, touchdown. Uh, Green Bay Packers end up coming out on top of this one, ten three. Yeah, he was a bit um, bullish in his. And after the game, he was saying that I thought Jimmy. Everyone was saying Jimmy Graham was done, and everyone was saying we didn't have a defense. And he seems happier. Mm-hmm. I love all the Thursday night comps with him with his mustache <laughs> yeah. that he doesn't have anymore. <laughs> but in all the pictures, he has it. He he put that on intentionally just to Such mess with people. Troll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love him. That's all right. But anyway, that's probably enough time on that game. Yeah, um, Green Bay. Don't necessarily look great going forward, but they've done enough to get the first win, which is always big. You don't want to go down 0-2 in a competitive division. No. Um, what's it? Like only 19% of teams can come back from an 0-2 record. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll be happy that they got that. And Chicago will move on to next week, and hopefully for them, Trubisky can do something. Hopefully for you, for you he can. <laughs> for you and you? No, no, no. no. I, I worry. But, hey, week one is week one. Week two is something completely different. So, moving on, would you care to take us into the next game, Darren? Uh, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Panthers. Rams pick up a big win on the road. Um, they got off to a fast start, but um, you know McCaffrey started getting his legs under him. Looked really impressive. <laughs> yeah, he always does. McCaffrey is such an impressive player. Um, you shouldn't take running backs with the fourth overall pick, <laughs> but you know, that's fine. Um, are you just going to just keep adding PFF until you get them to admit that running backs are still valuable? Taking McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs is probably okay. Like, like I think in, in certain circumstances, running backs are valuable. You have the likes of Saquon Barkley, uh, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, and the, like going by this game, perhaps Todd Gurley might be back in that equation again. But um, yeah. Let's so stick with it after again. the pa- after the game, the Pampers were pretty much uh, the Rams. Sorry, were pretty much like we have no idea if Gurley's fit. We're just going to run him until he says otherwise. So that's a good position to be in with your um, star MVP. Maybe maybe it's trolling because oh, in in this in this game, Todd the Gurley Rams came won, in. By the way, yes, they did. So try, try, like we're we're, get, we're new to this, guys. Like this is our <laughs> this is our first week of talking about actual football, so it's really difficult. But yeah, the Rams came out on top in this one, thirty points to twenty seven. And um, getting back to Todd Gurley, so obviously his his health was really in question going into this season. Comes out, looks like he hasn't missed a beat, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he was used relatively sparingly with uh, Malcolm Brown spelling for him and doing so quite successfully because Brown was the one who picked up the two touchdowns on the ground. Todd Gurley still went for 97 yards on 14 carries for a 6.9-yard average. 
and uh, on a, a one one reception as well. So yep, he's 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 still there. And also, I think the main test of his was a point where he was in a bit of a head-on collision, used his legs to keep driving. That knee seemed perfectly fine to me. Whether it is or not, it's fine until it isn't. Yep, absolutely. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that one goes with them. Uh, let's say the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey was stellar again. Uh, uh, Nineteen carries for a buck twenty-eight and two touchdowns, uh, and also another ten receptions for eighty-one yards. This guy's going to go a thousand, a thousand this year, don't you think? Oh, he could do. It's up to Cam, I think. Um, Cam Newton rushing had minus two yards. That's uh, relatively unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, he only took three attempts, and it was probably on. Um, Quarterback sneaks, mm-hmm. but uh, you'd think a six foot five guy can get over the line. But well, maybe they were just um, saying we're just not going to use him here. He was probably just using McCaffrey as a safety blanket all the time. Hence the number of receptions he got. So it's just been a couple of dump offs here and there. Yeah, no touchdowns for Cam Newton today. And I don't know what do you think of the receiving core for the Panthers after seeing the first game. You know they they got Greg Olson involved. It's good to see him back. But mm-hmm. Chris Hogan didn't get any receptions. No. They're relying on DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, Jarris Wright. DJ Moore looked decent. Uh, he looked pretty handy. Uh, Kurt Samuel, we've been hearing people wax lyrical about him all offseason, saying he's going to be the one to take a step up. He didn't really do it in this game. To me, if McCaffrey's getting 10 receptions off of 11 targets, they're checkdowns. Yeah. So to me, that says that Curtis Samuel only getting three receptions and Jarius Wright only getting one. They're not getting separation. Yeah. And the Rams haven't got that good at secondary. So they've got an okay secondary, mm-hmm. but it's not... Cam Newton should be able to throw the ball more than three yards ahead of him um, when he drops back. And I worry about that. I don't worry about McCaffrey, and I think he can carry the load when they're playing like the Buccaneers and the... Some of the teams they have to play, but oh, against the big boys, the Saints and the Falcons, they're going to have to get some downfield threat, and they didn't really have much today. Yeah, I am a little bit concerned about that wide receiver core. We'll see how it goes. Uh, another wide receiver core who we didn't think we would be concerned about. Uh, the Rams, uh, they weren't exactly fantastic through the year uh, today. Uh, Cut, Cut off. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, obviously, great to see Cooper cut back after mm-hmm. his... Strong uh, and third down. Yep. It looks imperial. Looks like he, he wants to be the main target. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Everett, Gurley out the backfield, Woods and Cooks, he he has that kind of anonymity that he can move around. You can, and... you can lose a guy like Cooper Cup sometimes, which is criminal because he can be such a threat. Um, I think that Goff was asked to do a bit this week, but it just didn't really work out. That Carolina Panthers defense isn't bad. But they just seem to grind them down with the running game, which isn't valuable, of course. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from there, and we'll head over. Oh, Darren, I'll let you introduce this one. No, you won't. <laughs> you, sh- do you, want me- you sure you want me to do this? Yeah, I literally only have two points on this, so. Okay. Over to Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, no, Dar- Darren, I'm so sorry. After all the hype, the pomp, the circumstance behind the Cleveland Browns, they lay a fat, stinky egg against the Tennessee Titans and go down 43 points to 13. Um, it was pretty grim for the most part. I mean, the Browns actually came out pretty hot 
to start with, but then just seemed to flake. They just seemed to fall apart and interceptions started happening and drives just stalled. Uh, and then the Titans just seemed to keep stringing together big plays. Marcus Mariota didn't have to do much to earn his three touchdowns on 14 completions. Um, and Derek Henry kind of shoved one in your face because you said he wasn't that great a running back recently. Yeah, well... Yeah. So, um, yeah, what do you want to, to say? <laughs> To be fair on Baker, all his interceptions were in the last quarter when they were chasing the game. So interceptions have nothing to do with it. The issue is that he held onto the ball far too long. Criminal to give up a safety at any time, in my opinion. Yeah. And criminal that nearly every single play was ending in sacks and punts. And partly that's because I think they let the end of the game with about four linemen. Mm, yeah, they, um, they had, yeah, they had five healthy linemen at one point. Like literally on the roster... They had five healthy linemen. It's not not right at all. No. But it's like I said, I said that the hype was a bit premature and I was worried, based on the coaching, that they were going to go 0-4 to start the season because they have not got a good, not an easy schedule. Mm. Um, After seeing the Jets, I'm more promising about next week than I would have been mm. if the Jets had been a bit better. Um, but, oh, who knows? Who knows who's going to turn up? That's the thing. This team has so much talent, you know, but they needed to trade for Williams or they needed to do something. I think at this point where they're at, they need to throw, do what, to me, just do what the Dolphins, what the what um, the, the Texans did and throw oh. a couple of first round picks at the Redskins and get a left tackle. Oh, hang on now. I, I, sure I, you, like, you, I can get Trent, you can get um, Trent Williams for less than that. Okay, well, they need to throw whatever <laughs> they need to throw to get him. Because he's not going to play for the Redskins this year. And the Browns need someone. Maybe the like Texans him. are realising this and going, oh yeah. <laughs> we could have like just chucked a third rounder their way or something. And I'm like, now that they've done that, just do that. And then stick Laramie Tunsil over to the right side. Guys, we could be GMs here. How about we all just collectively get together... I'm talking to you listeners. We can all get together and up with our collective voices and just say, I Bill O'Brien! Like, just get, get Trey Williams for that match and, and shift him over. Well, we thought, sure we, we thought John Dorsey was doing quite well, but apparently not. I mean, it's, it's, it's week one. The Titans' defense is probably better than I give it credit for. And Cameron Wake still has it. Ooh. That guy was an absolute wrecking machine. Two and a half sacks on the day, and he just doesn't look like he's ever going to slow down. How old is he? Like 69 uh, or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, also, just it just seemed to work for the Titans. Uh, everything just clicked. Um, Mario had a couple of incompletions here and there and everything, but AJ Brown, their uh, outstanding wide receiver and rookie, looked really handy for uh, 100 yards and three tar- th- on four targets, three receptions. Delaney Walker caught two touchdowns. Derek Henry caught one for 75 yards which he just got it in the open field on the sideline, beat one man, and then he just had blockers in front of him all the way. He could have walked into the end zone. Yeah. But to be fair, like how long was that touchdown? He scored a 75-yarder. Yes. He had 19 carries for 84 yards. That's good also. No, 19 carries. Yeah. So he did 75 on one play. Yeah. 
And then the other 18, he did like nine yards. No, 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 no. He had one 75-yard reception for a touchdown. And he had... 19 carries for 84 okay. yards and 4.4. Stop trying to find bad things about Derek Henry, man. You're not going to find one. The guy's a beast. He's just following on from last season. Um, AJ Brown, clearly a deep threat. Three receptions, 100 yards. Total targets, four. Not bad um, for the man from Ole Miss. And Mariota, this is, for me, just shows <laughs> why you have to keep a man like him around. Screw Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> he had 248 yards for three touchdowns, and he only rushed the ball three times, but he had 24 yards. Keeping the plays going, keeping the downs, keeping the team on the field. Ultimately, he if did anyone he was to, to beat the Browns, <laughs> it would be Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I like Mariota. Oh, guys, honestly, I mean, I, I usually like have a go at Darren for his love of Marcus Mariota, but the the glow in his face there when talking about him was just adorable. So I'll let, I think I'll let it slide this time, especially well, since he's he's finding a positive in a tremendous negative for his own team this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. 15 more weeks. <laughs> we're only in the hardest division. Oh, no, we're not. The Bengals are in our division. Um, <laughs> is that the net? No, it's not. Moving on. Do you want to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars? Let's do that. Okay, then. Uh, in that case, down to Jacksonville... And the Kansas City Chiefs rolled into town and they ended up rolling, I won't quite say all over the Jaguars because it's like the Jags put up a bit of a fight until they couldn't anymore. Uh, the Chiefs ending up uh, 40 points to 26 victors and obviously this was a much vaunted Jaguars team against obviously a very, very highly touted Kansas City uh, offense. Um, Patrick Mahomes came in and just did what Patrick Mahomes does. Um, he absolutely lit it up. Massive credit goes to Sammy Watkins for this one, though, who probably had the, the probably the biggest fantasy performance of the weekend with uh, nine receptions, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. You know, it's difficult to for a team to really do anything when it's free, free plays for... 75 yards in a minute and a half and suddenly you're 7-0 down at home when you think you're good. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. And then suddenly, you know, another four minutes go by and you're 10-0 down. Whoops. Mm-hmm. It's tough. The Chiefs are a hard team to play at any time. And then you think you're getting back into it and then it all just goes pear-shaped. The worst possible scenario for the Jacksonville Jaguars happened and it happened quite early on in this game as uh, their newly signed quarterback Nick Foles who you're beginning to grow fond of through the course of this mm-hmm. podcast ends up going down with a broken clavicle and is pushed to IR so we don't know when we're going to see him again uh, he is uh, he should be out of surgery by now but this is an interesting injury because clavicles, I've seen people come back from them relatively quickly. Hell, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has he's played in, with a broken clavicle he's before. He's not coming back within six weeks. Though. No, not within They've six weeks. They've made that decision. Yeah, so he's on, he's on IR just now, so he has to be out for at least uh, until week six, I believe it is. Um, he was then replaced by Gardner Minshew, who I have absolutely slated during talks of the preseason, but he looked good. He was not bad. 22 of 25, 275 yards, 
two TDs and a pick. That's pretty good. It's good for your debut. Yeah. Um, not bad for um, a sixth round. How pick. do you feel about the the garbage time kind of aspect to it, where you know he's getting touchdowns when they're thirty seven, thirteen down? Well, and like then... he was, he still had to go out there and complete these plays. Uh, like he was in there for a, a long stretch of the game. Obviously, it wasn't entirely effective in terms of putting points on the board, but I mean, you can't really compete with the Chiefs in this regard. When you're a player in his position, all you can do is come in and plead your case. And he's done an excellent job at that. Uh, he wasn't really helped by a, a Jaguars defense who we were expecting a lot from, who just ended up shooting themselves in the foot. Um, yeah. Miles Jack was getting torched after signing his big contract. And then he ends up swinging a punch at someone. Anymore. Yeah. Gets a helmet. I'll never understand this. You're wearing helmets and pads. Like, you could at least do what? You know. It's the it's the could... it's the particularly malicious intent of raising your fists to someone. It's a bad example for, for, for the fans watching, particularly young children. Um, like I'm just thinking, like it's it's unnecessary, especially if you're if you're swinging it up high. I mean, like, you can push 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 someone. You in this make case. a point. You do what DeAndre Hopkins did and slam him to the ground. <laughs> Get, make the most of your. Ah, oh, just what's the point in punching someone who's wearing a helmet? Get him on the next play. Do it legally, and then we'll like fight. Jalen Ramsey did. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what did he do, Darren? Mm, he broke um, Tyreek Kill's collarbone. So he's out for a few weeks as well, but they haven't put him on IR. Uh-huh. So and also, he's likely to be back before... Obviously, he doesn't have to throw the ball 70 yards. So. Yeah, and also, no one should ever look into uh, the last podcast where Darren said that Dylan Ramsey <laughs> should hit Tyreek Hill high and be done with it. Um, it was nothing to do with us. We maintain that, and you can't prove a thing. So yeah, Tyreek Hill out for, who knows? Three or four weeks, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's it's great when these players are on their rookie deals and they're susceptible to, you know, just a, a little chat, a little cheese, hey, you know. Hey, just hey, hey, yeah. come here, you can do this. No. Uh, other players who kind of uh, had a bit of a coming out, uh, DJ Chark for the Jaguars, he ended up getting four receptions for 146 yards and a score. Uh, that was on four targets as well. Chris Conley had a good good outing as well, but of course, like I say, a lot of these. Things were coming in garbage time. And it is a real shame because Nick Foles did look really sharp in, in his time that he was out there. Foles um, has always been his own worst enemy in how long he will stand in the pocket mm. and not protect himself. When most quarterbacks are trying to dunk it off and get down, he's still upright, six foot five, trying to <laughs> hit the end zone. And if anyone was to break their collarbone, it was. Him, you know, he's a brave man, but it's sometimes to his detriment. As I mentioned uh, recently, he has only started eleven games in the season once, uh, and the, the Jaguars went and paid him, put everything on his back. It's not working out so well so far, but we wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he'll be back pretty soon. He has had a six touchdown game, and he's won a Super Bowl. So I love him, and he's getting paid eighty-eight million. So, he's doing all right. I'm not. He's okay. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not in a, not over. a good place or anything <laughs> like that. I think he's doing just fine. Someone who's not doing just fine is anyone at the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> How long do you want to spend on this game? All I want to say is that the Hall of Famer Lamar Jackson <laughs> showing all of the critics wrong. 
And not bad for a running back, as yeah. he put it himself. Yep, and you know, RG three coming out and having a perfect passer rating. <laughs> all in all, a good day if you weren't playing any of these guys in fantasy. Well, yeah, or a Dolphins fan. Yes, um, but yeah, to maybe to to sum things up for folks, the final score was fifty nine points to ten in the Ravens' it's a franchise favor. Franchise record. Yeah, but I mean, it's not as if the Ravens were playing against an actual football team. Because the Miami Dolphins are, from what I saw, possibly the worst roster I've ever seen. Yeah. And I include teams that have gone winless. Can, can we give these guys a minus record for the season? Because that's kind of where they're heading. But yeah, Lamar Jackson came out in this one and threw five touchdowns on 17 attempts for 324 yards absolutely torching folk Mark Ingram had uh, 14 rushes for 107 and two touchdowns uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown got two touchdowns and 147 Ooh, yards Mark Andrews got against one no one yes look good in space yes it's e- well, apparently it's easy to get in space I don't think in fact you know people were saying that the Dolphins players asked to be traded after the game I'm fairly certain they asked to be traded before the game and actually did and there was no one out there mm-hmm. and it was just like Pop Warner kids who were out there because they looked absolutely lost against a team that I don't really rate as a passing team that yet. last touchdown that RGV got and I'm proud of him for getting it but it was the simplest run pass option I've ever seen. <laughs> he literally looked right, tight end went left and he lobbed a pass to a tight end who had like 15 yards of space. And just Watson, he could have just stood there and let the clock run out, to be honest. Just be like, I'll just hang on. I'll hang here for six minutes. Yeah, just, yeah, I'll just, just make a cup of tea. Maybe ask a fan to throw some chicken in from the sideline or something like that. Maybe some peanuts. In the end, Andrew's family, his grandkids in 40 years aren't going to know that he got, what, two or three touchdowns in a, against this kind of defense. All it's going to matter to him is he got those touchdowns, but... He got him. It was not good for Miami, and... They've only got the Patriots next week, so... Yeah, it does not get any easier oh, for them. For He's in the worst possible situation. This is worse um, than the Cardinals were. Like, just just don't even bother. If I'm, if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm praying to be sat for the entire season. It's not worth going behind that offensive line for a million dollars. I mean, I'll do it. Would you, though? Really? Yeah. I'll break my legs for a million dollars. I'm looking at more than the breaking the legs. <laughs> See, I just I go in, I get hurt. Sorry, coach, you need to come out. IR. Yeah, but you don't get the money if you're injured. No, no, I've got guaranteed money. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I I negotiate my own contract. Got a good agent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Richard Sherman in your corner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, okay, can we move on from this game? Cause uh, yeah, we'll do it pretty quickly. Um, it's done. Just uh, touching on like one thing, I just want to point out is that the Ravens have to go up against the Cardinals, Chiefs, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Seahawks over the next few games. It's going to be exciting. All of those teams had pretty terrible defences in week one. If they continue that way, I'm going to swing my prediction for who's going to win this division because like, they, 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 could, do, they could do enough against that. But... It's it's not it's I, I I'm not being that like dramatic just yet, but we'll see how this goes. Especially Cardinals next week, they should beat them because they have a pretty in, awful in defense. In the end, I, I think your original kind of 
thought was probably true in that Lamar isn't the most accurate passer. So against like Bobby Wagner and Schobert mm. and players who actually ball hawk a bit better, he's not going to be able to play these Mahomes sidearm yeah. passes to Hollywood Brown. He had one that go for a touchdown. It was like a four-yard pass. that, And he, it was pinpoint, but it was only really pinpoint because the linebackers just took too long to even notice the play. And even the Bengals have better linebacker talent than that. So I don't think he's yeah. going to be able to play the same passes it's, it, he it, has. It, it was like, it's a very severe way of me putting that. I mean, but like, it, was, it was bad. But like you say, it's not hard to throw a pinpoint pass to someone who's... Could not got anyone within 25 yards of him. It's not hard to cut cottage cheese. No, indeed it's not. Um, moving on from there, and we shall head from Miami all the way up to Minnesota. And the Vikings put on an impressive display Super against Bowl the contenders, Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I backed this team at the start of the year with decisions I've made in certain things. And <laughs> I, I'm just proud of them. Bringing Kubiak's been brilliant for Cook. It's impressive. They were, went up so quickly in this game and never relinquished any... It, it was 14-0 <laughs> five minutes, and I don't think... They, they didn't give any opportunity for the Falcons to come back at all. Nope. They just ran the ball for the next... Like, Cousins only had 100 yards passing. That they could, they, they could let Atlanta have the ball... For most of the game, Kirk Cousins had 10 pass attempts in this game for 98 yards and a touchdown, and he ran one in as well. Dalvin Cook looked like a man amongst boys as well. Uh, he was very impressive, along with uh, uh, rookie well, Alexander like, Madison, who's got to be given a bit of credit also. Well, Dalvin Cook looked like a man against children in college. Mm. And he Except was, he was a, a child himself. He looked very small, but and he was he, way better than anyone else. He was he carried that team. You know, you can say that Winston was Cook was an unbelievable player. And that injury really put him back. But he looks hungry and fit and has the right offensive coordinator and He's in the best shape I've seen him as well. He looks absolutely shredded. He's a, a total tank. Uh even at someone at his uh, r- relatively uh, small stature in terms of height, but he is he's a, a big guy now. Uh Credit definitely needs to be given to the uh, Minnesota defense. Uh, Anthony Harris came up with two big interceptions. uh, And Xavier Rhodes, who has been really talked down a lot this season after a pretty sketchy uh, year last year, he absolutely marked Julio Jones out of this game for the vast majority of this game. It was only until garbage time that uh, Julio even seemed to have a proper sniff of the ball. Um. Just impressive all-round performance from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, the only positives I can give to the Falcons in this one is that they got two red zone touchdowns. They got Julio Jones a red zone touchdown pretty early. He went like three years without one. <laughs> yeah, um, So it's not his forte usually. Yeah, so getting him obviously in like an out route or whatever and two-yard completion in the red zone, that's positive. means he's, he's been paid now. He's willing mm-hmm. to put his uh, body in between the trees. But not much else. No, like, you can't be like what twenty-one nil down at halftime. No, throw a couple of interceptions and really think that anything's rosy, especially in the division. The Falcons. Mm. Right? I mean, like 
in terms of looking after the ball, Matt Ryan did give away those two interceptions. Kirk Cousins did have a couple of fumbles, despite the fact he never seemed to have the ball in his hands, which is really strange. Um, but Cousins be Cousins. A cousin be Cousins. Uh, the, the, the Falcons just never really seemed to click. It was one of these performances where they would drive but not get anything. And because they were behind so f- fast, they just never were able to recover until it was too late. Yeah. I mean, like they probably wouldn't have scored much at all had they uh, not been really forcing it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is entirely over for the Falcons, but I think you've got to have some concern, especially... Uh, with that, that running game uh, Devonta Freeman not looking particularly impressive at all Ito Smith had a couple of uh, interesting carries um, and like I don't think this is panic stations just yet for the Falcons because you've still got Calvin Ridley you've still got Julio Jones most of the new Austin Hooper still looked really good in this game as well it ain't over but be a little bit concerned if you're the Falcons if you're the Vikings I think you've got to be very impressed with your team and I'm think happy with how much they ran. They didn't run it enough. They put too much on Cousins last year. Mm-hmm. Not good enough offensive line play. They weren't good enough um, really anywhere other than with feelings and feeling digs and terrible on third down. But when you've got running and you can get third and twos rather than third and sevens and your offensive line isn't giving up silly holding plays, you know, they're... They're in a good position, and I'm I'm happy for them. I yeah. feel like they've had a couple of down years, and they don't have the squad for it, and they should be challenging in that division. Yeah, with right that with that, the end with that running attack clicking this year, uh, I think Minnesota could be a real force to be reckoned with. They didn't have to throw the ball today, but going forward, I still think they can. Having a running attack like Dalvin Cook is really going to help take some pressure off of Kirk Cousins. Minnesota roll out twenty eight twelve winners in that one. And moving over to the Meadowlands, uh, where the Buffalo Bills were taking on the New York Jets. Darren, you didn't like the look of this one, but you watched it? No, I didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I saw the highlights, literally, because I didn't care what the score was. (laughs) Um, Obviously, being in New Zealand and working, you know, you want to watch the games on your own time. And that one popped up on YouTube, and I was like, eh, I'll watch it. Give it a go. Not really going to wait and see what happens don't have anyone in my fantasy team in this one for reasons that became very apparent uh-huh. um, but the Jets giving up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to lose oh. this game winning 16-3 and throwing it away like what more can Jets fans take <laughs> and then obviously the news coming out in their division they're not winning that anytime soon, and they're not making the playoffs anytime soon at this rate. It's it's not good. It's not good, and I don't really have much to say other than it's a few good defensive plays in this one. Yeah, but Sam Darnold's completion percentage is down. Like Le'Veon Bell didn't break free at all. Ty Montgomery was useless. Credit just, where it's due. The the Bills' defense was good for the vast majority of this game. Holding Sam Darnold to just 175 yards on 28 completions and Lev Bell to 60 yards rushing, as I said that he would be held to. Um, and causing a fumble from Quincy Anuma, who mm. usually got safer hands than that. So Yeah. Uh, they, they, just, they just caused some problems. It, it seemed like it was just a real uh, down-in-the-trenches 
dirty sort of game. Um, the, the the Jets started off pretty promising, of course. Lev Bell's a nine-yard uh, touchdown reception from, from Darnold. Uh, but then just getting their way, clawing back into contention was the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen just did what he needed to do. Uh, he finished things off in the fourth quarter with, uh, with two touchdowns, including a, a three-yard touchdown scramble and then a lovely pass over the top to John Brown for 38 yards in the last minute. It was a thing of beauty and if if you're in in buffalo right now you have to be very happy with <laughs> with the way that 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 came back you've got to be happy with your quarterback uh it, it wasn't entirely pretty from the entire game give up two picks you got three three turnovers in his first eight or nine yep drives but won the game, won the game. He, he pulled out when it when it counted and pulled off one of the one of the throws of the week as well yeah, uh, like I say, this Buffalo defense is going to cause people problems this year. Uh, they had a, had a whole bunch of sacks and uh, a whole bunch of tackles for a loss. Le'Veon Bell was really held in check in this one. But yeah, like you say, if you're a Jets fan, you've got to be upset. Yeah. Well, you're coming out, you know, after going 16, you know, 16 nil up and... You hold them to a field goal, sixteen three. Got to be running that ball right at the end of the mm. the fourth quarter, and they're they're going nineteen yards, and then giving up literally a touchdown straight away in a four minute eighty five yard play, and then they're punting after nineteen yards again. <laughs> this is not good enough, Jets. You have to have to be better. Yeah. I don't know what else I can say. Everyone in this division needs to be perfect. Obviously, ah. you can't be when the two teams are playing each other in the division, but I don't think... The defence or the Bills will be happy. They'll be happy with the comeback. But Josh Allen... Josh Allen? Yep, you're right. Yep. I'm so wrong all the time. <laughs> seems to be the kind of player that thrives under that kind of scrutiny. Yep. And he just needs to have a bit more poise... When Minus. it's no no. Yeah, yeah. Because he just doesn't seem to have any poise when it's no no. But he seems to occasionally turn into like an Aaron Rodgers light <laughs> when they're losing by ten points. It's he's gotta get that balance and I think that'll come with experience if he's given the opportunity to to learn and grow with it. And I think in this division I think everyone's got a three year timetable at the moment, so Yeah. He has an opportunity to do really well. Maybe in if he's drafting a different year, he might not have had the opportunities he's got. But I think Josh Allen has a chance to be really good if he can just find a bit more patience. Yeah. Uh, also, props to uh, Devin Singletary, who on just four carries went for 70 yards for the Bills uh, after Frank Gore had done pretty much nothing in, the, in that backfield. Uh, also, John Brown ended up with 123 yards through the air. Pretty nice. It's down to the NFC East. Um, down Philadelphia, we had the, the Redskins go against the Eagles, and I was shocked by this. The oh. Washington were like 20 0 up. Um, yeah, I was getting concerned. <laughs> and then they just forgot how to run the ball. And it does look like um, Geis injured himself and they didn't have any backups because they didn't trust Peterson. They didn't activate Adrian Peterson. Well, what do you know? And then if you can't run the ball, the Eagles have done this before. Or they've had it done to them. 
Mm. I can't remember. Last season, they literally... Someone came back against someone involving the <laughs> Eagles. Was it the Eagles that went with, like, 20... Against the Jets, I think it was. They were, like, 27 down. And they came back and won the fourth quarter because the other team didn't run the ball. Sounds possible. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, to be yeah, perfectly honest. Right. Someone knows. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, McLaurin from Ohio State... Boy, only in his whole career at Ohio State, only had sixty receptions. <laughs> he for did four uh... years at Ohio State, and he turns up in his first NFL game and rips himself some plays. Um, five receptions for one hundred and twenty-five yards, and one touchdown, and a couple of really good plays on the on the he, boundary. He looked handy. He did like really, really good hands, good feet. Uh, just good, good acceleration, change of direction. He seems to have uh, a lot, lot of gifts there. Uh, they might have stumbled into someone who could really actually merge, merge into a number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit. Uh, I don't think be a number one. It's a similar like issue with. No, well, he would be a number like, one in this team. Yeah, players like <laughs> Tyler Lockett, and that it's like, should it really be your number one receiver, a gadget receiver like that? But, oof, boy's got legs. Hmm. You got some jets, and um, in case Keenum has an arm, well, we knew that we do from Vikings. But I was really impressed with Keenum. But if you can't run out the clock and convert third and twos, and how are you going to beat the Eagles? It's not oh, the Eagles have far too much talent for that. And Wentz made some extraordinary oh, plays in this game. Carson Wentz, give that man an MVP. Two or three <laughs> times a game, you're just like, oh, okay. Thanks, Carson. Um, I think it's safe to say he's he's back and he's he's good. Yeah, for three hundred and thirteen yards, three touchdowns. Two of those went to the elder statesman, but certainly not the slower statesman. Deshaun Jackson's back in town, and he announced his arrival by blowing the doors off. The Eight man receptions. runs a four point three and weighs about eighty kgs. Even if he's forty years old, he should be able to. Pull the top off this defense, but oh, he made it look good. He <laughs> was really excited. The crowd was right behind him and had to do something. They were 20 0 down. Yep. Eight, eight receptions for 152 yards, two touchdowns, one of which was for 51 yards and one of which was for 53 yards. That is a quintessential D Jack's performance, but it's not something we've seen too often lately. It's something you would maybe have seen maybe. Once last year down in Tampa Bay but for the first four games of the season, yeah, he had four touchdowns and he didn't have any other touchdowns all season. So yeah, let's see if he turns up for um for the rest of the season. But I have to put my cap up to Alshon Jeffrey. You know, mm. five receptions and six targets, just making big plays on third down and and getting a little gadget play to get himself into the end zone. They'll be glad he's fit. This is a strong team. It's a scary team when they're going, but obviously none of these players played preseason. Yeah, and it showed. It took them a little bit of time to shake off that rust. Uh, in terms of what they had going on in the backfield, we weren't massively impressed. Uh, Jordan Howard showed a couple of flashes, but you know Darren Sproles was still their leading rusher in this game. Uh, he wasn't even on the roster until until quite recently. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the the depth and the strength of players that they have there, well, sorry, just even across the entire roster, including the receivers and tight ends and stuff, this is a strong team, like you say. 
and uh, the defense needs to be, be given some credit as well. Even though in, the, in this game they weren't exactly all over the uh, the Redskins with only only one sack, they did enough to contain the running game, which was something which we were kind of maybe thinking was going to be the Redskins' strong suit. But then, like you say, Darius Geis only 10 carries, 18 yards, and a busted knee with only Chris Thompson as backup after that. Yeah, it's not great. Oh. And it's like, in the end, the Philadelphia Eagles red zone, they only had to kick one field goal on the whole game at 22 yards. Everything else was going in the end zone. It took them a while to get anywhere near the end zone, but once they did, it's good to be home. Yeah. So I think um, Eagles fans will be slightly worried, but I think happy with the result. I think in week one, you just want to get that W. Yeah. And move on to the next week and you know, see what see what comes. But they're in a good division for it. The Eagles probably one of the favourites in that in the NFC to make the I would say well. so, yeah. And they oh, they have big plays. Yeah. Big plays in them and that's what you want. On the back of a big third quarter, the Eagles run out thirty two twenty seven victors in this one. Uh, and over onto the West Coast and the Los Angeles, nearly said San Diego there, managed to catch myself just in time, but then told anyone anyway, uh, to go on the Indianapolis Colts. And they managed to just pull out the bag after almost throwing it away, almost at a total charger, as we would usually expect, managed to pull out the bag in overtime. Uh, the Colts were well down in this one. Brought it back to 24 apiece before the Chargers managed to get that winner in overtime. What impressed you about this game? I feel like the LA Chargers should just change their name to the LA. Oh, I nearly said San Diego <laughs> Chargers. Um, what impressed me about this game, to be honest, even though the loss was Jacoby Brissett and just that Colts team and standing in there and with Foles being down and Texans having a rough go to start the season. They could this could be a playoff team, sure. Even with the loss, this could be a playoff team. And um, I was just impressed. They made plays. They made big plays. Impressive, you know. He's like Matt going for sixty-three yards. Um, Malik Hooker. Oh, making that interception. Oh man, you're talking about my favorite play of the weekend. Malik Hooker's one-handed interception in the end zone to. Keep the, the Colts in it. That was a thing of beauty. Definitely my recommendation to go and watch there, guys. I'll share it on the Twitter page. Good idea. But yeah, like Brissett was perhaps efficient, if not spectacular. Doesn't need to be. This team's got enough talent. It's, um, it's a good... It's the best roster, his... minus Andrew Luck, that, that we've seen from the Colts since they had Peyton Manning. And... I don't know how old he is, but I'm thinking Terry's just... Oh. He's just a knife. He just stabs you when you think you've won the game. Uh, Adam Vinatieri had three missed kicks in this game. If he makes one of those, this game doesn't go to overtime. Usually such a reliable source of points throughout the course of his career. Just watching this happen, it, it was just... Uh, it, it didn't get it. It didn't make any it's the, sense. It's the hope that kills you, Stuart. <laughs> Yeah, especially but, when, when playing against the Chargers, who I wish to see lose on a very frequent basis. Does the Chargers taking off the AFC hat, no, AFC fan hat, mm-hmm. 
Does the Chargers pulling this one out tell you much about them? Or does the Colts taking it to there tell you more about the Colts than we've learned about the Chargers in this game? I think that we expected more from the Chargers in this one, to be honest. And I think that the Colts were the ones who showed that they are still a force to be reckoned with. They're the Reachers. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a team who could still do some damage despite the fact that they've lost their all-star quarterback. Um, a world quarterback. A world quarterback. Sure. But the Chargers showed that they can be dangerous because that Colts defense is pretty good still. They were really good down the stretch. Uh, they have some fantastic linebackers who just could not cope with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson who were absolutely phenomenal out the backfield. Eckler in particular who ends up with three touchdowns on the day, two receptions uh, for touchdowns uh, on six for 96 yards and 12 carries for 54 yards or 58 yards in the touchdown and Jackson wasn't far behind them either. They looked good and Keenan Allen as well. Like really came up big for them with some fantastic catches. I think um, Tom Telesco, the, the GM of the Chargers, will just be sitting there going, oh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Don't I, have to open those purse strings from Melvin Gordon and we've still got ourselves some football players. Yeah, um, Melvin Gordon must just be sick to the stomach. He could have been the running back for the Eagles if the Eagles wanted to give up anything meaningful, but no, he's the um, he's not playing this year from the look of it. And he's saying that he's going to be back within six to eight weeks. But do the team want him? If I'm the are doing what they're doing, then why even play him? Like Austin Eckler is a, a tremendously underrated running back. Uh, he's, I think, pound for pound, one of the best in the in the league at the moment. Um, he he can do it all like, like catching passes out the backfield running you know who he reminds me of? Who? Melvin Gordon huh. like it's just you don't need Melvin Gordon there and I can see Melvin Gordon being on the trade block if he's not already like they'll, they'll definitely be happy to field uh, field, field anyone for him what's your 49ers going for Gordon now that Tevin Coleman has done a Tevin Coleman um, I think that would make sense I think that uh, San Francisco would like to see someone like that in their backfield. I think they're probably just about ready to give up on Jarek McKinnon after his additional injury. Him, I feel so sorry for Jarek McKinnon. But they've, they've done a good thing by McKinnon. They've kept him on a year-long IR, so he's getting paid. Yeah. Um, they could have waived him, but it's tough. Like Apparently, he's like retour his ACL, rehabbing his ACL. Mm. I don't know how firing that physio. <laughs> just keep stretching honestly trust me it's fine yeah, ben, that'll, that'll, that'll work yeah. I it is what it is Chargers win Colts lose Colts were expected to lose Chargers were expected to win nothing we've not learned nothing new has happened with this game but <laughs> we have we have learned enough about both teams that maybe Chargers have a little bit more heart about them I'm not sure about Rivers end zone red mm. zone decisions but that was some interception oh, to be honest Malik yeah. Hooker's 100 pick man yeah. honestly just Bill Rivers is the kind of guy that shouldn't be even giving him a chance to do anything near that yeah in that position um, but you know they're still going to lose to the Patriots in yes. the <laughs> NFC championship game at the latest so moving on to another game which I don't have edit 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 Seattle where the Seahawks, fresh off of a couple of 
decent, juicy trades. Oh, juicy. Went up against the Cincinnati something or others. You Bungles, know, Bungles, as we Bengals, usually go for. Tigers. Who are fresh off of losing a million linemen to retirement and injury and stuff like that. Uh, they made a game of it. Yes, well, Andy Dalton is at least the 15th best quarterback <laughs> in the league at all times. and He is the kind of player that once or twice a season is going to give you I go with it, and I think this was his chance to do that, and they still lost. So, well, they put it in his hands as he threw the ball fifty-one times, and well, Joe Mixon got injured. That, that doesn't help. But Joe Bernard came in, and he wasn't fantastic on on the ground, but he was uh, contributing in the passing game as he frequently did. But that's depends on which way you want to look at that. The fact that Dalton threw it fifty-one times tells you that they didn't trust Bernard. No. to run it so Bernard being there definitely made an impact on their game plan mm. but um, you know good old JR who I'd forgotten existed <laughs> got himself a, a couple of uh, touchdowns 158 yards spitting shirt John Ross within one game has just about eclipsed his yardage total for the entirety of last season that was but the, the thing is I would take this with a pinch of salt. I mean, I'm considering trying to go and picking him up in my fancy league and everything. I know, very boring. But I would hold off on that because when you see the defensive backs that he was going up against in Seattle, they are not all that. Um, Despite the fact that Dalton threw for over 400 yards in this game, I I wouldn't be particularly impressed by that because the Seahawks, particularly their cornerbacks, it was just rookies. It was people who really shouldn't be out there in week one of the NFL season. But they did enough to get it done. And um, like the Seahawks, they did what they needed to do. Russell Wilson did his Russell Wilson thing and he ran around and created time. Put the ball up there. DK Metcalf played. And he was quite impressive. He kind of went up for a bunch of contested catches, came down with them, was a, was a menace. Uh, 89 yards and four catches for him. And... Uh, Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson both picked up a pair of scores through there. Carson also picked one up on the ground. It just it just seemed that they knew exactly what it was that they needed to do to win by one point. And they yeah. did it. <laughs> I just want a quick explanation of Jonathan Ross, of Jonathan, John Ross's um, <laughs> career. Adidas had a thing where... If you broke the 40-yard dash wearing Adidas shoes, you'd win an island. Mm-hmm. And John Ross broke the 40-yard dash wearing Nikes. Oops. And pretty much from then on, he just seems to have had the worst luck, you know, being a gadget player in a Marvin Lewis Ugh. offense. Like, the man runs a 4-2. A 4-2. And you've got him running screen passes across the middle of the field and running sweeps and just lob the bottom over the top. I don't think I, I can't remember seeing once Dalton throw a lot like a pass of thirty yards or more to John Ross in the <laughs> two years he's been in the league. They had him running slants and cross linebackers and it's like you just need to stick him on a quarterback. It's, 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 it's not who he is. Teach him how to push off and get himself up the field to get the the scores he did get. Yeah. And, you know, with a 
you know, Zach Taylor, who's a McVeigh acolyte. He's of the McVeigh tree. Yeah. Oh, hey. Maybe maybe this is John Ross's coming out, but it's what his fourth year. Team has an option on him. We'll see where it goes. Um, but we'll see if it's flash in the pan. But Seahawks were the Seahawks. They got it going. Russell Wilson never really needed to do anything Russell Wilson-y. He just, and got the win by one point. Just managed to keep their noses out in front. Uh, 21-20 victory in the end for Seattle. And uh, then we'll move into the first tie of the season. And that was down in the desert as the Arizona Cardinals took on the Detroit Lions who managed to make all the way into overtime before trading field goals and finishing 27-27. But there's more of a story to this game than that. Well, yeah, of course, TJ Hawkinson anointing himself <laughs> as the next Gronk. As I said several times in our draft coverage, he would be. Seventh overall pick from Iowa State. Better than Noah Fan. Miles <laughs> better than Noah Fan. Okay, okay. Yeah, and down. they look good for literally three and a half quarters. And then some terrible decisions and timeouts and arguments oh. on the sideline. And suddenly... Kyler Murray realizes that he can throw the ball over the defensive line. And we're in overtime and oh, the Lions, um the Cardinals will be happy with this. They'll be happy that they Oof, well didn't Oh, you know, they could have won it, but they'll be happy that they come up with a tie and they got some players on the field, they got to make some big plays. They'll be happy that Larry Fitzgerald looked like he was ten years younger. Oh my lord. Turning back the clock was Larry Fitz. Absolutely laying out on a couple of massive plays to completely revitalize the Cardinals, who to that point had looked like doing absolutely nothing. Uh, through the first uh, three quarters of play, the Cardinals had only put up six points. Uh, and then, like early on in the fourth, Lions just kept doing it as well. But then in the fourth quarter, just things just sparked. And Larry Fitzgerald ended up coming up with these. Big plays, ended up with a buck 13 and a touchdown. Uh, David Johnson also playing his part there as well. Kyler Murray, like you said, didn't look great to start with. He had something like four batted passes. Uh, Which was more than he had in two, like a whole season. That yeah. At um, Texas A&M and then more than he had in a whole season at Oklahoma. So. Yeah, and you had everyone just coming out saying like, oh, well, maybe he's just too small for the NFL. I mean, last season's... Uh, like, it's going up against Mike Daniels, <laughs> Snacks Harrison, and Trey Flowers. It's not the easiest game to get yourself. Yeah, Mike Daniels is short as well, though. You know, just <laughs> it's not, but it's not the easiest game to be like, okay, on you go and be our savior. Um, no. I'm just wondering how much money the sheriff's spending on the phones to all the offensive linemen he knows, and <laughs> if he's going to be breaking some NFL rules, being to Patrick Peterson, be like, are you sure you don't want to? Run back some punts, get us a few extra points so maybe we can win some games because he must be loving the fact that he's got someone that can actually hit, the, hit him in the hands. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, poor, poor Larry Fitz. Um, but yeah, like you say, he looked like he was really like turning it back there. So like it was just Lions all the way initially. Um, like you say, uh, TJ Hawkinson did look really sharp. Uh, ended up uh, like taking one for a uh, touchdown as well. Danny Amendola got a big one for 47 yards. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Golladay walked in for nine yards as well. Um, 
But then when the Cardinals started to put it together and Kyler Murray hit David Johnson on a 27-yard score, and then there was the four yards to Larry Fitzgerald, which was then converted. Uh, the the two-point conversion was then converted by Christian Kirk, taking it 24-all. It was a game. And well, it was not what we expected. What did you think of, um, you know, Matt Stafford having the opportunity to go fast and ice the game? Literally had a wide receiver open, and they called a timeout. Matt Patricia is not as good a coach as Matt Stafford. That's it. Like, and it was apparently very clear. I can't say I watched much of all of this game, watched the highlights, obviously. Got things to do. But Matt Stafford clearly pointing out several times, trust me, someone who's been in the league as long as him and has thrown the yards he's thrown and knows these receivers that well, shouldn't need to turn to rookie, pretty much rookie head coaches mm. and tell them to trust him. They should be like, thank God we have Matt Stafford. And just let him do his thing, especially on third and two or whatever it was, and they had an open receiver. Stafford's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He's proven this time and time again with his awareness. And coaches get fired for blunders like this. It happens. And well, they allowed... Already in the hot seat. They, one, they pissed off Stafford. They allowed the rookie cornerbacks for the Arizona Cardinals to get some coaching and get reset. And it never went anywhere. They had to punt the ball and then they score a touchdown on the next drive. And it's 24 all and we're going to overtime. Yeah. It's shocking. It's more of the same for Lions fans. And in a division as competitive as this, they... Should have been looking at the NFC the teams they have to play and being going, oh, Cardinals, that's a win. We'll take that Yeah, we'll take that one. And then we have to go up against the Vikings, Packers and Bears. Ouch. Uh, the, the Cardinals even would have had an opportunity to win it had uh, one of their cornerbacks had better hands. As uh, With time about to expire, Matt Stafford takes a, takes a fling to the, the sideline, hits a cornerback right in the chest, bobbles out, end of the game. Playing angry. Damn. Uh, so, moving on from the 27-all tie, we head to Big D and the Dallas Cowboys doing what they needed yeah, to do. Formality. Oh, man. I mean... All I can say is they should have paid Dak a week ago because he's going to get a couple more million now. Yeah, I mean, credit where it's due, Dak looked really good in this game. not the questions that Kellen Moore wants to be answering, though, <laughs> when he's just... Torch the Giants. He wants to be going, yep, we're moving on, we're a quarterback and getting Aaron done. So straight after being like, oh, we have to pay him now. It was always going to happen. They're going to have to pay him. Probably add a couple of zeros to that check, but, but you know, like, they'll get Pepsi to pay some of that money, it's fine. Like, like having your team play against the Miami Dolphins, this Giants defense was not good, though. They were really bad. Getting beat over the top time after time again. Uh, allowing Randall Cobb to turn back the clock. Michael Gallup looking like uh, fucking Julio Jones out there. Damn, I have to bleep that out. That's just cost me an extra five minutes doing that. Uh, Amari Cooper just picking up where he left off last year. Blake Jarwin uh, looked really good on his his time out there. And, of course, we saw Ezekiel Elliott back out there as well. Um, he looked a bit shaky. Yep, a little bit slow, but that's what um, happens when you go in the end zone eventually. Um, you know, in garbage time. At the end of the third quarter when they're already winning 27-10. Um, I'm 
I was impressed with one piece of play that I did actually see, which was a uh, you know Barkley fumbling the ball for the first time apparently in his whole career, mm-hmm. and then I don't know what Dallas fans must have been thinking when he came out and literally instantly ripped a fifty-two yard beautiful <laughs> play. They must have been like, oh god, what are we in for here? Just couldn't get him in the end zone. Couldn't get close enough to really to do much. And I don't think this is... It's not really Eli's fault. He was a game manager. 30 for 44, 306, one touchdown. It's not bad. What can you do, though? You don't have enough talent to go against Jalen Smith. Mandaresh. And the problem with having someone like Barkley in your squad, despite the fact that he is great, is that you can only give him 11 carries in a game like this because you fall behind... Uh, it's just that's that is where the PFF guys get it right is that if you have a guy like this in a good offense, then he becomes effective. But you can't use him all the time against uh, a, a, a team who's just better than you and is putting up more points than you. I think David Gettleman's useless, but <laughs> he will be spitting at Golden Tate not being available because mm-hmm. there are nothing. To give, there's no safety blanket. You know, you're giving Saquon four receptions in the whole game. But you know, going to people like Bernie Fowler, he had five receptions. You need Golden Tate to beat a couple of tackles and get you a couple of extra first downs. Yeah, a bit closer so that that 15 yard run that Barkley makes is into the end zone, and not to the 20 yard line, where you're gonna have to kick a field goal. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so much tread on those tires in game and in a career. It's got to do a bit more. Yeah, uh, Cody Latimer made a couple of interesting plays for for the Giants, though on the, on the outside it was really good. Evan Ingram looked excellent uh, at tight end, but there's only so much that you can do if you're the the one excellent player through the wide receiving core. But yeah. Dallas Cowboys totally outclassed the Giants 35-17 in this one and they roll on to a 1-0 record uh, from there we go to probably the stinkiest game of the week in terms of uh, what we saw from the offences really uh, sorry well I suppose other than the, the, the Bears and uh, Packers but at least we saw some merit in that one the San Francisco 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, San Francisco come out 31-17 to 17 victors in this one. People were expecting Jameis Winston to either thrive or flounder in this one, and he definitely did the latter. Uh, coming out 20 for 36, 194 yards, one TD, but three interceptions. Ouch. This just says that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better game manager than Jimmy Winston, which doesn't really say much at all. Well, Garoppolo didn't have to do anything in this one, really, because he ended up with probably not quite as bad uh, in terms of uh, he had 18 completions on 27 for 166 uh, score and a pick. But they just did what they needed to do, which was let the Buccaneers throw it away. Two pick sixes for touchdowns here from uh, from Jameis Winston, including one to Richard Sherman, who didn't have one all of last year. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, the, the score is flattering because the 49ers were not great. They also had, I think, uh, what was it? 
I can't remember if it was on one drive or on the course of just one half. The 49ers had four touchdowns chalked off due to penalties. Yeah, okay. That's unheard of. <laughs> okay, um, K1 Alexander getting a bit a bit intense at times in the game and mm. busting himself yards and money probably. Um, yeah, likely to have fine for that one. Yeah, so... But just looking at the... Just the players that have got stats on the day for the 49ers, the opportunity here, like, you know, Richard Sherman, Alexander, Buckner, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Manuel Mosley, like, they they have an opportunity to be a good team, and I think... They help force the issue. Yeah, and, Definitely. you know, balls don't intercept themselves. Well, yes. Sometimes they do when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so but, it just seems to happen that way. But I, I do feel that Garoppolo's going to find his knees. I say that very clearly. I think he's still got ghost kind of issues going on with his knee where mm-hmm. he doesn't know if he can use it yet. And they're in a diff- the 49ers are in a difficult spot because I think if they had Garoppolo under a longer contract and the fans were happier, they would have played Mullins for the first couple of games and eased Garoppolo back. But the fans are like, we want to see Garoppolo. We want to see Jimmy G. We're paying for this. You've paid him forty million already. Get him on the field, and oh, he's looking a bit wobbly. And you know, to be fair, like he's only played like eight games in his whole career. Get Mullins in there if he impresses. Use him as trade bait. You can get yourself some more picks if it's uh, if you're that way inclined. Um, or just say we've got one of the best backups in the league, and our quarterback hasn't completed more than seven games in a season yet so we'll be keeping him in there you know it's just, it's good to see what you've got there Jimmy G not fantastic on the day uh, that, that the running core wasn't fantastic either Raheem Mostert was probably the most impressive running back for me but Matt Breda did have a couple of big runs Tevin Coleman their free agent signing is gone for a while out injured yes so that uh, that that backfield is a bit of a concern for them but Mostert and Breda they, they can perhaps carry the load uh, on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers, uh, Ronald Jones actually looked like he was living up to some of the hype that he was given last season before he totally flamed out. Um, quite impressed with some of his work before it was totally limited when the 49ers started to pull ahead. Um, also, Mike Evans was pretty much absent from this one after an illness, uh, only ending up with two catches for 28 yards, despite saying that he was fully healthy. I don't really think he was in this one, to be perfectly honest. And our boy Shaq getting a getting a sack. Yeah, boy, get in there. And a tackle for loss. Heck yeah. Shaq Barrett, the Fourth and Forever podcast, out there representing strong. I'm sure that if you listen closely, you'll actually hear him uh, by plugging us after the sack. Yes. You have to listen. That's what he was thinking of. Really, really closely, though. It's like, man, I can't wait to tell Stuart and Darren about this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he's going to love your impression. Hey. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear his impression of us. Um. Nah, Shaq, absolutely love you, man. Totally appreciative for the shout out. And uh, well, I suppose one thing that we neither of us love is the next game, though. Oh, you don't love it. Do you? I am incredibly impressed with this New England team. And I'll let, I'll let you do this one then. I'm just going <laughs> to. So the New England Patriots wiped. The 
floor with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, as I said before, aren't that good, and the division is wide open in the AFC North. Um, but New England representing, I don't. Other than the Antonio Brown stuff, which I don't really want to go into. <coughs> Deplorable. Continue. This is a good team. They don't need Antonio Brown. This is correct. If this team won the Super Bowl, you know, 13-3, and three, get their yearly bye, beat the Chargers, beat the, Chief, beat the Chiefs or whatever, I'd be like, well done, Bill. You've created a very complete roster. But they've had Antonio Brown, and now that's going to be the story. And I... I would much rather want to see Antonio Brown like the Cowboys and this Pats team be the the team that didn't get Antonio mm. Brown and won with Jacoby Myers and Edelman and Demarius Thomas and the players that they've trusted. Like, I, they don't need him. Even... And it's just going to be the whole storyline for the whole season now because they are overpowered and they must be nearly evens favourites for the Super Bowl now. Yeah. It's them against the field. This is Golden State <laughs> in the NFL, which people say is never possible. Should we just uh, just just call the podcast done now? Just <laughs> no. say it's it's over cuz <laughs> I don't I don't want to have this foregone conclusion. Well, upon do, us again. do we want to go through their their um, next 5 games like you went through with me? Please do. Okay, so I had it open and now I don't uh, I can get it there for you. So, cut, 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 cut. next one. Yes. Dolphins. Yeah, that'll be hard. <laughs> um, I'm next one after that. I'm considering playing Jacoby Myers on my fantasy team because he'll get at least two garbage time uh, touchdowns from Stidham. After that, you have the New York Jets. Yep, that's a difficult game for them as well. And the Buffalo Bills. Barkley High. Redskins. Just Giants. Jets again. It's just for for a team with a roster of this caliber that like n- none of those teams are a challenge. It's uh, it's the LeBron effect in the NFL because they're there and they exist. No one wants to play in the AFC East, so they have an easy run at it. Allows it them to going. rest players, and then when they go up against, it is bad luck for the NFL that they're going against the NFC East. Yeah. I think the Eagles just, are like probably... It gets worse and worse. The Eagles might beat them. The Chiefs might beat them. I, the, the Who Packers else probably aren't going to beat them. They do only see the Packers in the Super Bowl. And... I don't know. You, like, it's the just, Browns and... The, the Browns, if they have their feet by week seven, may make it interesting. But based on this weekend, they're not winning that game. So... They really don't have anyone that they're playing that can challenge them until they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. This is the best looking roster they've had since the um, early to mid 2010s. And they still have. Apparently, their best roster was the season. It's before my time, but the season they lost Brady. Oh, with Matt Castle, perhaps. Their actual roster was the most complete, and it was first play of the. Season he tears his ACL and yeah, still go fifty. Of course it was because he was in my fantasy team, but he's never yeah. really given you any. 
cause for tears. Like. No, really, I hate him. Um, oh, no, except for, no, give credit where it's due. When he first started out, I had a Tom Brady jersey. Legit, there you go. A little look behind the curtain there. I did give it away before I came over to uh, to Australia and New Zealand because I just, I needed it out of my <laughs> life. Done. Yeah, um, but, yeah, the roster's too good. He's still got the best mind in the NFL and Bill Belichick. Offensive side, the ball's great. They've still got Patrick Chung in there on the defensive side of the things. Like, the Steelers are not a bad team on offense, really. Putting up three points is absolutely abysmal. Going against the best cornerback in the league. Going to miss against Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins and what you can do when players want rings, you know? Yeah. Pick up. You know, I, I'm really worried that after him being terrible on the Browns for so long, Jamie Collins is going to be their Chris Long this year and hmm. make a big difference to that team. He's not going to be the name that's called in that d- defense, but they're just looking really complete. And you know, you're going to have the option of Antonio Brown, Edelman, or Myers to run back punts. Yeah. In terms of positives for the. Pittsburgh Steelers. There aren't really any. Devin Bush now... was all right. Uh... Other podcasts. About it. Every other <laughs> competitive podcasts of ours. Um, we're saying that at least now the Pittsburgh Steelers have played mean any football because apparently Mike Tomlin had them in candy floss and bubble wrap. Mm, candy floss. Yeah, for the, the whole of preseason, mm. and none of these boys had played a meaningful minute of any form of football until this game, and it looks like it showed. You know, being 20 0 down at halftime. I don't know where they go. Where did they go? Down. I mean, yeah. Uh, I wish the Browns were playing them next week and not in like <laughs> four weeks' time. Steelers are vulnerable. Yeah. Like, they might not make the playoffs again this year. But maybe, again, we're just being too fantastical about things. This is that still... That is a punch in the solar plexus. Yeah. Like you... Oh, They're currently on their knees coughing up blood. They need to... Need to find a health pack or something. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what they need to do. Uh, but what we need to do is right. get the hell out of here because that's been a, a pretty good 90-minute podcast, a 90-minute recap of what happened in week one of the NFL it's back, Darren. The NFL is back, Stuart, and I am, for one, I am Bill Belichick with all these offensive weapons. I'm as happy as Billy is, and I'm <laughs> the opposite of you right now. So, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, at least we know that it's all a bit of fun, right? At least if there are Pats fans that tune in, I've given at least you guys some praise, so... <laughs> If I start to get really clingy about you guys being annoying and winning 65-0 against the Dolphins and it being unfair, I've given you your dues. That might be the only dues you get all season until the playoffs. Darren is good cop. I am bad cop. So you get to... You're a non-existent cop. You're not even in the room. You're just shouting heckles. You're banging on the mirror. Ask him this. I'm a rogue cop who don't follow the rules and I'm shooting the book and stuff like that. Whereas you're just like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll I'll kiss your butt. Yeah. Mm Anyway, we That's need to wrap terrifying. up. <laughs> anyway. I apologise for that, too. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next time. 
um, on the Forth and Forever podcast. Okay, take care now. Bye-bye then. Bye.